It's that time of year again where we debate Penn State's next whiteout game. Should it be Michigan? Should it be West Virginia? It's going to be neither of those. And Penn State already has its mind made up, so you're wasting your time debating it. It's going to be Iowa. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko. I am your host as always. Thanks for joining me on another episode. And Locked On Nittany Lions is now your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com for everything Penn State athletics, the latest in recruiting, men's basketball, transfer portal, football, you name it. HappyValleyInsider.com, Penn State Rivals. In today's episode, we are going to settle the whiteout debate. Well, there should be no debate because Penn State already has its mind made up, and it's based on a variety of factors, which I'm going to share with you, and I'm going to tell you why it's going to be Iowa, and then just kind of going through the schedules, explaining why it's not going to be West Virginia, why it's not going to be Michigan. It's actually really simple. And then just kind of looking at Penn State and how they approach this year in and year out. Plus, uh, the win totals are out for Big Ten teams, except Rutgers. Rutgers uh, over under is zero and a half, and that's a pretty tight line. Uh, they just don't have any odds posted. But um, a majority of the Big Ten, all of them except Rutgers, have win totals out. Penn State's is nine and a half. And we're going to talk about that as far as do they cover that? Do they go under it? And see how they stack up against the Big Ten because all the other Big Ten teams are out. So how does Penn State compare to the rest of the Big Ten? The whiteout, 2023. It's going to be the Iowa Hawkeyes, and of course, they're in terms of the way that the game is scripted, the promotions for it, the the revenge factor. That's all well and good, but I, I hate to be boring when this is des- deciding the whiteout. I want to be more fun. I, I want to be more entertaining, but I can't because Penn State has kind of a strict resume with how they approach the whiteout and scheduling it. And there's actually three reasons. There are three reasons to this why the Nittany Lions uh, work off this criteria. It's essentially time, which is factored in by network. So that's 1A, 1B. Weather and then opponent. So Iowa, now I know there's better opponents on the schedule. You might say that West Virginia is more important or more of a high-profile matchup. Obviously, Michigan is the biggest home game. Of course, Ohio State can't be a whiteout in 2023 because that's in Columbus. They'll probably do uh, uh, their own makeshift whiteout. Everyone's got to copy Penn State since it works so well for Happy Valley. But Iowa is going to be the 2023 whiteout game. We don't exactly have a time in a network. We do for West Virginia. West Virginia is going to be 730. It's the big Saturday night, Big Ten Saturday night football game for NBC. Now that contract kicks in where all the Big Ten games are on Fox. NBC is the nightcap and then in the middle there, and they still got some SEC games to do. That is still CBS. CBS is going to do Big Ten or SEC games at 3.30 before it's completely and totally Fox, CBS, NBC. I'm actually very excited for this. I am very excited for the new TV agreement. I think that's going to be much better for coverage. Uh, ESPN with its loyalty to SEC, ACC, and all the other smaller conferences in college football, that the Big Ten was already losing some of its flavor, some coverage on ESPN because they had that devotion. They had more of an influence with their contracts for those conferences. So that's besides the point. 
Iowa on September 23rd, it's going to be a night game. And those networks of Fox and CBS and NBC basically get to battle it out to figure out, okay, what order, what games are we going to put this in? And Fox obviously gets the first choice. They're in the noon game. Could they make that a big noon kickoff? Potentially. I won't rule that out. If that's And then if that's the case, then Penn State's really got to pivot here. But they're working with these networks. The conference as a whole, school by school, works with the Big Ten and works with these TV. With the, So there's, there's not surprised that they know what time these games are going to roughly be. So even though it's still to be determined, the networks decide, okay, what game are we going to pick up? When are we going to slide it? What, what place are we going to put it? And Penn State works with those TV networks to get a better understanding. So they know that games like I'll give you an example, Penn State, Michigan, that's probably going to be a big noon kickoff. That is going to be at noon. That's going to be one of the first games to start that Saturday slate. And that's a known brainer. There are some other games on that day. Let's take Ohio State and Notre Dame, for example. That could be a game that is slated for big noon kickoff the same weekend that Penn State, Iowa is. CBS probably has an agreement in place to air an SEC game, which means that NBC, okay, they're going to take the next best available, which is Penn State and Iowa and the whiteout. So getting into the whiteout, network and time, that was the first point, that network is going to pick it up, meaning NBC, and then since they are married, they are married to the 7.30, the nighttime time slot. That means that that's going to be a night game. So that's the next part of it. Penn State wants it to be at night. They've done 3.30 whiteouts in the past. We know that. They've done a Michigan game at 3.30, but that was old TV agreements, media rights deals, whatever, however you want to name them. This is different. This is the new age of 2023 and moving on. So Penn State wants this. And part of this is Penn State loves the way that the whiteout looks in prime time. More importantly, at night, that backdrop, the night skies, the way that it it, it doesn't conflict it, it is a good relationship with the way that the everybody dressed in white matches with the entire crowd of Beaver Stadium along that night sky. So it, it's got a great look. And then you want it in prime time. It, forget network aside. If you say, well, ESPN is better than Fox or Fox is better than CBS. That's not the point here. This is strictly about time. And Penn State wants it in prime time. They don't want whiteouts anymore at 3.30. They want the whiteout game at 7.30, 8 o'clock, you name it. They just want it in the evening with that night backdrop. So that's really the simple part of it. Uh, so now that we've got network and time aside, weather. Weather's a big deal. Penn State does not want to hold a whiteout game in late November. I know that Michigan is in the earlier part of November, but still, Pennsylvania... I have to remind everyone does get a little colder. It gets a little chillier. The days are shorter. Nights aren't. So if you're going to hold a game at night, if you're going to want the whiteout to pop in that night sky, you need to be able to have it in decent weather where it's not raining, where it's not ice cold, where it gets down. It might get down into the 30s in November, even colder than that for that Michigan game. That's not ideal. That means the crowd size is going to be down. You want that nice, crisp, fall air that's still maybe in the mid 60s as low as the mid 50s and something that's not going to bring with it rain or worse snow they do not want that in a white not a, a literal whiteout in the sense right they do penn state does not want that that is a very important part of this they want that mid-september weather that's why it's been auburn that's why it was minnesota last season it was in the earlier part of the schedule right 
and that really had to do and they knew that fox was going to take uh ohio state and penn state and make that a big noon kickoff so there's that time factor into it and then it's opponent so penn state they want to decide the whiteout based on the opponent as well. West Virginia doesn't have the flair that it used to. Okay. Michigan is late in the schedule, but then think of all the other opponents, uh, a UMass. They're not going to make UMass the whiteout. They're not going to make Delaware. Okay. Those are obvious ones. Teams like Illinois, Ohio state, they're on the road. Uh, you're not going to do uh, any of those teams that don't add that extra prime time oomph, if you will. And Penn state knows this. Teams like West Virginia and Indiana will not draw as well as in Iowa. Realistically, the only the only options here, in my opinion, are Michigan. But since that's ruled out by being so late in the season, now you have West Virginia, Indiana, and Iowa left. West Virginia, Indiana, again, those aren't going to draw outside viewers. You want to draw the casual fan into this broadcast because you know the diehard Penn State fans are going to be there. You know the diehard college football fans are going to be either attending or or they're going to watch it on TV. You want that casual fan to see what Penn State's culture is all about with the whiteout game and why it's a tradition. And Pat Kraft knows this, understands this. So what team is left outside of Michigan that's on the home slate this year? And that is Iowa. Oh, Iowa, at least in the past decade, has given Penn State some fits, and they've been a whiteout opponent in the past, and they beat Penn State in that whiteout. Circa 2009, when Penn State lost 21-10, to and that was supposed to be one of the better Penn State teams, uh, at least during that decade. But uh, Iowa has had given Penn State fits. They, re they really have, because you think about the classic one where Penn State came back, they went into Kinnick and they silenced the crowd with Trace McSorley to Jawan Johnson back in 2017. And then just last year, this is why opponent matters, because now Iowa, it was that four versus five matchup. Penn State going back into Kinnick, Sean Clifford and the team, they're beating them up. They go out, take one Roberson, can't handle it. The team, Iowa, is able to come back and they win. James Franklin wants to get revenge for that. I know he does. So this is where the opponent factor comes in. Penn State and Iowa, they're rivals. The, the cross-conference, cross Big Ten East versus Big Ten West. And who knows if that's going to go away with USC and UCLA. That's a different conversation. But those two teams in this present moment in 2023 for the season are rivals. They don't like each other. And Penn State wants to get revenge because that just set Penn State off its course. In that 2021 season, they were ranked in the top five. They were very good. And that game against Iowa, Sean Clifford gets hurt. That derails the entire season. You want to pay them back. It was the same thing with Minnesota, why they picked them last year. It went into that. That 2019 game went out and played the Golden Gophers in their stadium. They ended up winning that ranked matchup, and James Franklin got to return the favor, punched him right in the mouth, and they beat them pretty handedly last season. So those are the three reasons. Penn State is going to pick Iowa. Simply put, West Virginia doesn't have the flair. And Michigan, it's just in November. It's too late. The weather might not be <laughs> might not be so friendly to the state of Pennsylvania when that rolls around. Or else it would be Michigan because that potentially could be a top 10, even a top 5 matchup when it does roll around. And I'll be excited for it. But your whiteout is going to be Penn State versus Iowa in Beaver Stadium on September 23rd. It is locked on Nittany Lines. Now, Penn State's win total is out. Nine and a half wins. Do I think it's going to go over? Well, I'm going to tell you about that in just a sec. But first, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. 
Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is right, $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. So great promotions every day, safe and secure app. I know how important that is to everyone, and you get paid instantly. That's right, no waiting around for your money. When you do win, you get paid instantly. So there's no better place for playoff action than America's number one sports book, FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And again, Locked On Nittany Lions, now your go-to podcast for PennState.Rivals.com. You can also visit HappyValleyInsider.com for everything Penn State Athletics. Your go-to podcast for Penn State Rivals is Locked On Nittany Lions. Give us all a follow on Twitter, of course, Penn State Rivals, and Locked On Nittany Lions at Locked On Nittany. Penn State's win total set at 9.5, just below Michigan and Ohio State at 10 and a half for the 2023 season. And I know other people might be thinking, okay, Iowa, that's not that great of opponent. What do you mean flair? They don't have flair. Uh, yes, yes, they do, at least for this past decade. Penn State and Iowa have gone back and forth. They've traded punches. That That is a good team in the scheme of the Big West. Uh, it seems like Wisconsin and Iowa are going to be those two teams that are going after the Big West, Big Ten West title. But the Big Ten East uh, is going to continue to dominate and control and, and be be at the top. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, they, they got to change the dynamic of the conference so that you can get the true two best teams in that Big Ten championship and not a lowly eight and four, seven and five team out of the Big Ten West versus 11 and one undefeated. We just saw it, right? We just saw it a season ago with uh, Michigan and Iowa. But Penn State at nine and a half. Now, I think they're going to go over. I'm going to go straight. I'm going to go right to, I'm going to cut right to the chase. Penn State at nine and a half wins, I think is, it's not a safe bet. It's not an easy bet, but I'm confident in it. Now, of course, a variety of different things can go wrong, but when Penn State's got a solid ground game that it can rely on. So you don't have to throw Drew Aller to the dogs. You don't have to throw him into the fire. You have Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen and the best offensive line in James Franklin. And we're going to say this again <laughs> next year, the year after this is the best offensive line in the James Franklin era. And it's going to continue to be that way, just the way that they continue to build things. But when you have a ground game, when you have a defense and a mastermind like Manny Diaz, that can just put pressure and give short fields to like, this is a defense that forces turnover. So they're going to give Drew Aller, Singleton, Allen, and a, a receiving core that is getting better. It's not the best. It's not the greatest. But now Dante Cephas is in the fold. This is a team that can win 10 games that could potentially win 11. And honestly, if things break well for them, they could go 12-0. and 0. Now, it's a game-by-game -game basis, right? Some guys are going to be available some weeks. And this is for both sides. So let's take a Michigan, for example. How healthy are teams going to be in November? Okay. That, that's tough to say. You don't know. Michigan could lose a J.J. McCarthy. They could be down some offensive linemen. Like Coram struggled with some injuries last year. We all know that. Same case with Penn State, right? We don't know what's going to happen. But if I look at the schedule right now and I sit back, I can safely say that Penn State, its basement is 10-2 and two because Michigan and Ohio State are those games that are probably going to be chalked up to a loss by most teams. But we're talking about a 9.5 win total. This is strictly from a betting angle, an analytic angle. And Penn State at 9.5, that is a pretty safe number to go over and bet them 
to win more than nine and a half games because you look at Ohio State and Michigan could break in their favor. Boom, they're 11 and one, maybe even 12 and 0. But that's also to be said about those other games. So let's go briefly through each game on the schedule and look and say, okay, where where could Penn State happen to go under? Why would they not win 10 games in this 2023 season? So we start with West Virginia. I think that's a win. I don't really think that's a toss-up in any manner. At home, season opener, night game. Penn State, it it's still being underrated here. I think Penn State is a top five team. They are very to have the potential to be a top five team anyway, right now. I'd still put them in about that sixth or seventh spot because Michigan, Ohio State, they did return a lot of talent. They also brought in guys from the transfer portal. Then you just think about the other, you know, the SEC powerhouses. You think about Georgia, you think about Alabama. And Penn State, I would slot right underneath the, that group. The powerhouses in the Big Ten and the powerhouses in the SEC just because Penn State remains unproven, but they have an opportunity to do just that. They're securely a top 10 team, but team anybody that has them outside the top 10 is wrong. Penn State uh, will, <laughs> will gladly prove everybody wrong. And West Virginia is that team uh, that is just going to run into a buzzsaw week one. I feel bad for the Mountaineers. I really do. Delaware is obviously a win. And then you go to Illinois. Brett Bielema is a good coach. He's a good Big Ten coach. He has that traditional Big Ten offense, that Big Ten style of play. He used to be at Wisconsin, went down to Arkansas, and then came back to Illinois. And they beat them in 2021. But this is also a revenge opportunity for Penn State. But it's the first true road test in a Big Ten environment for Drew Aller. How's he going to respond? I hope because that Penn State has this ground game. If that was a team that, again, didn't have the ground game, didn't have this kind of defense that could attack an Illinois offense, Illinois' offense plays very pedestrian. I like Penn State a lot more in this matchup, but most people are probably going to put this in the toss-up category. So for me, this falls in a win not a surefire win with a, with a toss-up element to it because it's out in Urbana, it's on the road, and Drew Aller's first true road test. Iowa, since we assume, I assume that it's going to be the whiteout, I basically just by a process of elimination, we know the Hawkeyes are going to be the whiteout game. That extra element is going to turn that into a surefire win. Iowa is better, though. They, they got guys out of the transfer portal. They got Cade McNamara. They got some weapons. Uh, they're not going to be completely abysmal and, and just relying on a good defense. That can be a team that somebody from the East is going to see in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, Northwestern, at their, I'm sorry, Pat Fitzgerald and that team just don't have it clicking right now, not since the 2020 COVID season. That is a win for Penn State. UMass, no debating it here. That's a win in Beaver Stadium. At Ohio State, this is clearly a toss of leaning towards a loss just because right now the sports book have Ohio state as an 11 point favorite, roughly. I think that's going to shrink. I think Penn state could easily keep that within a touchdown. I probably lean that Ohio state does win that game just because it's out in Columbus. But again, things could break either way for either team. And this could completely change Indiana. Same thing as Northwestern since that 2020 season, they, they're not really that good. And I think Penn state, James Franklin, especially still remembers that game where uh, Michael Penix did not get the goal line, did not score the two-point conversion. The Penn State still takes that very personally. At Maryland, this is, again, kind of similar to the Illinois game, where because it's a Big Ten road game, you never know how things could break. Mike Loxley, I do believe he's a good coach. I think he is underrated. Penn State, just because 
they bully Maryland. That's that's little brother, right? Uh, I think this is a win, but still that toss-up element because it is a Big Ten road game. But I feel like that it, confidence of Drew Aller in the offense and comfortability, that shouldn't be an issue at this point. You will have a handful of road games under your belt. Michigan, obviously toss-up leaning a loss. Most sports books, uh, all sports books do have Michigan as a slight favorite in this case, about a, a two or three-point favorite, depending on where you look. But Penn State, Beaver Stadium, late in the season. Again, a much better team and a team that is going to get better as time goes on because now Penn State is a young team. If you can believe that, right? You have veterans sprinkled in throughout the team, but this is still a young team at heart and they're going to get better. Those guys are going to continue to grow up. So I think Penn State will be a much better team from West Virginia by the time they get to Michigan. So again, a, a toss-up for me, and I'd actually lean that as a win. I would lean that one as a win strictly because of home field advantage here. Rutgers win. They don't even have a win total posted, okay, at this point in time. They might eventually, but so the line is currently set at zero. Uh, Penn State wins that one. That's a home game. At Michigan State, Illinois, Maryland, same exact reasoning. It's a Big Ten road game, unpredictability. I, I, I will have this as a win with a lean towards a toss-up. I don't think Mel Tucker is that good of a coach. I think Penn State wins that game still handedly, but the Spartans will uh, give them some issues. They just lost Peyton Thorne, too. Uh, this is this is quite the situation for the Spartans, but with that being said, uh, Penn State has the capability. Again, I would say the being at 11-1, is definitely realistic. 10 and two for me is the basement. If we're talking, everything goes wrong, quarterback issues, injuries, who knows what, right? I don't want to speak it into existence. I say that a lot because I truly don't. I think this Penn State team has all the potential in the world. However, if things do go bad, this is still a nine and three team. And because of the coaching staff, you return Mike Yersich back, Manny Diaz. Penn State hasn't had that in quite some time when it was Joe Moorhead and Brent Pry when those guys returned as coordinators. They were cycling along through Moorhead and then Ricky Ronnie, and, and you keep going. Now you have consistency and guys who have been under those specific systems. So there's not players learning the coach, coach learning the players, that kind of thing. They are on the same track now and they, they understand the system completely. There's not that learning curve anymore. Like we saw last year at the beginning of the season, Manny Diaz's defense didn't really come alive until Auburn. And, and that was by design. Now in, in this final segment, let's compare Penn state across the rest of the big 10. So I like the Nittany lines over nine and a half that I, I would encourage people to, you know, to feel comfortable with that line, to take that line, Michigan, Ohio state set at 10 and a half. Wisconsin is at nine. I don't know if I'm a fan of that. I really don't. Iowa at seven and a half. I kind of am a fan of that. I do think Iowa is going to be better this year with the changes that they brought into the offense. Uh, Maryland Terrapins are at seven. Illinois is at six and a half. I like the coaching there. So six and a half seems to be a good line. Uh, Coach Fleck and the Minnesota Golden Gophers are at six and a half. Nebraska is at six with Matt Rule as their head coach. And then you have Michigan State at five and a half. You have Purdue at five and a half. Indiana at three and a half. Northwestern at three and a half. And Rutgers at no odds. <laughs> Nobody can take Rutgers right now uh, over or under in terms of wins and losses. But uh, this seems to be a, another case of the Big Ten East absolutely dominating the Big Ten West. You have Michigan, you have Ohio State, you have Penn State before you get that first team of Wisconsin. I think nine wins is generous. Tanner Mordecai comes in. 
I don't, I don't know that that's a quarterback upgrade. It, it, it might be uh, Wisconsin fans will say that it is. Unfortunately, they're still going to have a, a good running back, a good offensive line, and they're going to be able to champion a defense that was led by Jim Leonard these past few years. But also in that same breath, Luke Fickle is bringing in a completely different system. Those guys were made for that ground and pound type of football that Paul Christ was running and relying on the defense. But now it's going to be it's just going to be a different era of Wisconsin Badgers football. I don't know that that translates to a nine and three season, but they are in the Big Ten West. And that is really weak because look who is at the bottom. Northwestern. They are at the bottom there. Purdue. Nebraska, those are all games that Wisconsin potentially wins in this case. But like I said, the Big Ten East at the top with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. The Big Ten's not doing enough justice when it has its championship in the way that it's set up, the East versus West. You just got to do away with the divisions. Have the top two teams because you could have Michigan and Penn State. You could have Michigan and Ohio State. You could have Michigan and Wisconsin. It doesn't matter where these teams are located in terms of conferences and add USC and UCLA into the mix. Those would obviously be in the Big Ten West because they're out truly on the United States West. Coast, you want that matchup to be the two of the best teams in the conference. And there's really no other way to dice it up. I don't know why the Big Ten doesn't do away with conferences and hope they, I hope that they plan to do it that way. Or if they do somehow move to 20 teams, because I know that's the rumor, Oregon and Washington, they all want to move in. The Big Ten's actually pushing them away. They're denying them uh, entrance into the conference. But imagine that. And then you have five four-team divisions, and then you get a Big Ten semifinal game. Just think about that. That's going to be fun to sleep on uh, at some point in time. Penn State has the third highest win total in the Big Ten, only behind Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan is ahead of Ohio State, even though they have uh, 10 and a half wins listed because the odds are slightly favored a little more. You're going to have to pay some juice to get that Michigan win total and Ohio State not as much. In some places, you actually have plus odds for that 10 and a half win mark. Penn State, according to the books, according to Vegas, is the third best team in the conference. And I, I do think the Nittany Lions have the opportunity to at least go 10 and 2. Again, that's a basement for them. Ceiling, of course, is 12 and 0. Everything breaks in their favor. They get a win on the road at Ohio State with their quarterback change and then a win at Michigan because that's just going to be a revenge opportunity. Yeah, Michigan embarrassed you. That one's been, that's going to be circled. I, the 1 and 0 mentality, I totally get it. The Wolverines are much more important than the Minutemen of UMass come October. That's it's very safe to say. Locked on Nittany Lions, more coming up as Penn State men's basketball lands another transfer out of the portal, and we're going to discuss that, plus more football news, recruiting news, special guests on the way as well. Excited to talk about it all right here on Locked on Nittany Lions.